turn it down a little bit. Uh, my name's Justin Pace. I'm an alcoholic. Um, I'm a little bit nervous, so bear with me. Um, my sobriety date is September 24th, 2022. Um, I have a home group. If you're new here, right, my home group is There's a Solution. We meet on Tuesdays and Thursdays over in the Fellowship Hall, except we're right here for speakers. Um, Seven o'clock, we'd love to have you keep coming back. Um, I have a sponsor. The privilege of sponsoring some guys. I think right now it's just by name. A um, couple of guys that are I'm supposedly sponsoring. but um, And I have a service position. Um, so I guess, right, I, I try to... I gotta tell you what it was like, what happened. And what it's like today, and I've been thinking about just trying to do this because, but I have to tell you what it was like, what happened. Then I have to tell you what it was like, what happened, and what it's like today again, right? I gotta do that twice. So I gotta get drunk, sober, drunk, sober. Um, so I, I've been thinking about how to do that and connect the dots. I, I guess I'll just kind of start a little bit of background. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, I, um, I probably would have told you years ago that there was all these reasons why I drank, right? Uh, you know, my dad beat the crap out of me. Uh, you know, my parents were never there. Uh, you know, whatever it was. I, uh, um, and today, right, I mean, I had a decent life. I think everybody in my life did the best they could, right? I think that's one of the things that um, Alcoholics Anonymous has given me is that kind of outlook on life that... Uh, you know, my parents, the people around me, um, they did the best they could with what they had at the time, right? And it's not their fault. Um, for a lot of years in my life, right, it was everyone else's fault. Um, I mean, even up till recently, right? Probably up to nine, ten months ago. Um, you know, but I mean, I don't know. I had a decent life. I don't know. I come from my, so my, I'm Irish Catholic. Um, I guess you could say I'm a recovering Catholic. I've heard that joke before, but... Um, I don't know, right? I went to midnight mass and, you know, midnight mass on Christmas and Easter. That's all we did. We weren't, we didn't go to church, right? I did, you know, catechism and confirmation and all that good stuff. And, um, right, it never, I never realized, I never realized I could have a relationship with God, right? That's what the kind of the way I was raised. I didn't, I, I, if it was meant to be, it was up to me, right? That's how I was raised, um. You know, my dad, my dad used to, my dad used to tell us, or tell me, um, you know, Justin, if you're not going to be, if he goes, you're not going to be smart, you better be tough, and you're not smart, right? As he was whacking me upside the head. So, like, it just, like, that was my mentality. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to paint a picture of what, right, my, kind of what drove me, what my psyche was, um, because it's really, I, I don't have that spectacular of a drinking story, right? I, I was thinking about it, and, and maybe 10, 20 years ago, right? I would have wanted you to think that, um, right? But it, it was, it was a, it was fast and hard, man, and it, like it didn't last long for me. Um, you know, I don't know if I drank. There was a point in my life where I crossed the line. I believe that, right? There, I believe there was a point where I could have stopped drinking, probably. Um, Right, it's somewhere along that along that path or that journey of mine, I crossed the line. I don't think um, I was a, I was into sports. I was an athlete. Um, I played baseball. So 
baseball kind of kept me straight and narrow for a lot of years. I don't, I, you know, I don't know if I drank more than the average person does in high school, right? I mean, I've got a 17-year-old daughter, right? So I'm trying to gauge, like, how... I know how she's drinking, right? Did I drink that way? Um, I mean, I was always focused, right, on sports, man. That's what I was born and bred to do, um, right? It was a purpose, and, and that kind of kept me in line, right? It got me through high school, got me through college, a little bit afterwards, and um, I think the one thing I can tell you, and the reason I bring up sports is because there was two things in my life, right, that kind of made me, I don't know what was missing in Justin, right? It was never, I just never felt right, right? Never fit in, never felt comfortable, um, right, amongst my peers, anywhere I was at. And athletics was one of the things that made me feel comfortable, and then alcohol was, right? Alcohol solved that problem for me. Um, Right? And I think later on in life is where, you know, once that started solving that problem, because baseball went away, right, and then alcohol took its place. Um, so I don't know, right? I mean, I drank. I, I, could, I can identify, you know, with everything in the book, man. Like, you know, I mean, it was bad for me, you know, years. We did stupid stuff in college, right? Um, ripping and running, man. Like, we, if there was internet and cell phones, when I was in college, like, I probably wouldn't be standing here today. I'd be an habitual felon, I would guess. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, um, I, it's 1998. We go to 1998, that's a long time ago. So, um, I mean, I don't know when any, I graduated high school in the ni early, early 90s, so. <laughs> Um, it's a long time ago. Um, right, I, I was talking about, I, I, right, it was, I was just, an, I was always angry, something was missing, right, it was always someone else's fault, man, in my life, right, like, um, right, it was never me, man, I was, uh, I think I was probably disgustingly dishonest from Jump Street, right, for me, um, I mean, I'm the type of guy, like, I gotta be careful up here, right? I gotta talk slow, right? If I talk too fast, I might start lying. Um, and I gotta make sure, right, that um, I'm painting an accurate picture of myself for you guys, right? Because I always, I want you to think that I'm something that I'm not, right? Um, you know, I mean, like it talks about in our book, right, man? Like, I had philosophical and moral convictions galore that I could never live up to, right? I wanted to be this amazing guy, this amazing, you know, amazing son, amazing husband, amazing boyfriend, amazing friend, um, and I always fell short of that, right? And later on in life, once, once baseball was taken away from me, um, and alcohol took its place, like, that was my solution, right? Like, and then, and then it was just fast and hard. I mean, I stopped playing baseball in 1998, and um, uh, I'd like you to think that I was the second coming of Babe Ruth, but that wasn't the case, you know what I mean? Um, right, I played some professional baseball, but for any, and, and I've got to explain this because, um, right, it's about being honest for me. If any of you know anything about baseball, right, there's, there's minor league baseball that's affiliated with the major leagues, and then there's independent baseball that's not affiliated with the major leagues. So I played some independent baseball. I got paid to play baseball. Um, you know, there was some talk amongst people in my circles that, you know, 
I was going to get signed, right, with a major league team and blah, 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 but that never happened, right? I got hurt. I blew my shoulder out. I got picked up in 1998, so back to 1998, right? I kind of went down a rabbit hole. Sorry about that. Um, 1998, I got picked up from LaGuardia Airport um, for two friends of mine from Connecticut. I was born and raised in Connecticut. Um, picked up by two friends of mine with a case of Budweiser and, uh, and, a, and some cocaine. Um, and I think out of respect for Alcoholics Anonymous, like uh, I will not mention all the drugs I've done, right? But drugs are a part of my story. You can assume that if I'm talking about alcohol, there was cocaine there, right? I like, I, I don't know, where's my friend, where's my friend, right? I tried cocaine once for 15 years. Did I get that right, Trey? Right, like is what happened to me. Um, I, uh, I like to drink and that allowed me to drink Right, that gave me superhuman drinking powers, and I love that. Um, so just assume that, and we'll be good. Um, but anyway, I got off that plane, got in a car, case of Budweiser, some cocaine, and um, so here's, and this went fast, because I ended up, let me slow down, slow down. Um, so that night, right, I was doing someone else's cocaine and drinking someone else's liquor, beer, whatever it was. Um, by the end of the night, I realized that I liked that so much and liked what I was doing in that lifestyle. And it like, it's all, like, so baseball was everything to me, right? It was my identity and it had been taken away from me. Um, and like, I had, I was empty. I had no idea what I was gonna do. I didn't know who I was as a person. Um, and that was a tough spot to be in for me, right? Like it was, it was dark, um, you know what I mean? Like I had, um, that was what I was supposed to do, right? Like family was counting on that. Um, you know, I can, it, it doesn't matter. Like none of that, none of that's why I drank though. I would have told you it was, but what I found after baseball was the minute I did that cocaine and that and drank those beers, like that all went away. Like it didn't matter, right? I was, I don't, you, I don't care what you called me, what I was, where I was at. Right, I was good looking enough, I was funny enough, you know what I mean? I was rich enough, um, it, like it didn't matter, man. Like that took, that, that took me out of that spot and propelled me. And so from 1998 until now, I'm gonna go, I'm going to the Wayback Machine here. I am a product of the healing joint, right? Not healing transitions, the healing place, we call it the joint, right? 2004, I think, 200 and silver chip number 238, I believe I am. Um, but from, so like I thought maybe I had this spectacular drinking career, like I really didn't, right? And I, I mean, I, I drank like everybody else, I think, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit more than, than most people, but everyone I hung out, I drank like everyone I hung out with in college and high school, um, right? But from 1998, it didn't take but until 2004 before I was in a homeless shelter. Right, so like I burned it down pretty fast, man. Like anything that was anything in my life, right? Like I started, um, I got done playing baseball and those same guys that picked me up, um, right? By the end of the night, that night I realized like, I don't wanna have to ask that guy if I could have some more of his stuff. So how do I get some of that myself, right? And the next day I had gotten some of that myself and then it was on from there, right? Like I was off to the races. Um, I. The same guys that picked me up asked me what I was going to do. I said, I have no idea. One of them said, you want to sell commercial real estate? I said, sure. 
So the next thing I know, I was working at Grubb & Ellis, it's a commercial real estate firm. There's not much left of them anymore. They're more property management. It was a commercial real estate firm in Manhattan. Um, and I was a tenant rep broker, man. And I was doing, I was working in Manhattan. I was living in Connecticut. And um, I didn't, you know what? I mean, I, from, from the onset, right, it didn't matter if, if I made $100,000, if I made $50,000 a year, I'd spend $100,000. If I made $100,000, I'd spend $150,000, right? Like, that's how I lived. Um, and any meaningful relationship I had, I don't, you know, I don't know who's, I'm trying to see if anyone snuck in here, my wife or my ex-wife or my mother or anyone. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know, like, I, there was one girl, was I supposed to, I was going to marry her, and then, like, just... I ended up stealing from her because, like, I could not keep up with my lifestyle, right? Like, and, and I wanted to be, I don't know, like, because I was delusional even then, right? Like, I wanted to be, like, what did I want to be? I probably, I probably would have told you back then my idol was, like, Char I want to be like Charlie Sheen. Like, I want to melt your face off. Like, that, like, that's how I wanted to live. Like, that's how I thought I should live. Um, and I tried damn hard, but it didn't last. It got me in a homeless shelter. Um, I had, uh... I had become unemployable. Um, I was in sales, so right, like when you're in sales, like back then in the 90s in New York, if you're selling, they don't care what you do, um, right? And there was a little short little bit of time there where I, I was doing well enough where it didn't matter what I did. I could do whatever I wanted to do and um, <clears throat> nobody had anything to say about it. And then what happened was, right, the, the drugs and alcohol started to affect my performance. Right? And I wasn't selling. And um, I was asked to leave. So I became unemployable. Um, I mean, that's what, six years, man. That's not long. You know what I mean? Um, so let's see. We're almost, we're almost over that drunk, right? So that was only, I mean, that, that was only six years, man. I burned everything down, man. I, um, the last thing I did was I, I got caught stealing $75 from the girl that I was supposed to marry. Um, that relationship ended abruptly, um, and then I left town. I jumped in a car and headed. My parents were living in Cary, North Carolina, and um, I was trying to get I was trying to get help. Like I grew up around A. My mom's got eight brothers and sisters. They're all sober. Multiple years, I don't know, anywhere from 20 to 35 or something like that. I I don't know. Um, but so I grew up around A. Like I knew I knew what A was. Um, my parents had stopped enabling me years ago. So um, I had talked to one of my uncles, and he had convinced my mom, like, you need to just get him out of wherever he's at. Get him somewhere. Um, and my mother heard about the healing joint. And um, I don't know if they do it now. Back then, man, it didn't matter where you lived. Like, they were taking you in. Like, we're going to tell them you live in Wake County. You're good. And um, nine months later, so that was in 2004. That was my first experience with Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, you know, like, I... I mean, I would have told you. I, I mean, I'd tell you today, right, that, like, that should have been it. I don't know, right? I could tell, I'll tell you a little bit about this part of the story is, I think, really where it's, this is the meat and potatoes of it, right? Because Alcoholics Anonymous, when I got in and I worked the steps in 2004, like, I was sober. Um, I was sober. I was, a, I was in good standing in Alcoholics Anonymous, right? I had a sponsor. I had a home group, service position. I was helping other guys. Um, and... So what happened in that nine years? So I was sober, I, I, I think it's about nine years. 
right? I stayed sober. Um, and what happened to me was I started being disgustingly dishonest in sobriety, right? Like I had, I had an opportunity, right? I, I worked the steps in 2004, balanced the books, right? Like everything was good, man. Like I, I, I was making it, I had made my amends, right? I cleaned my side of the street. Like there was maybe a couple on the list like that, you know, I wasn't willing to do for a while, but then I was if I ever saw these people. Um, and it was just a, it was just a matter of, right, when God was going to put those people in my life. Um, and I ended up getting married in that time. And I'll tell you what, I just, um, looking back on it, I mean, you learn something from every relationship, um, I think, in life and, and people that are put in your life. But I was definitely not healthy enough to be married, to get married. Um, probably something I shouldn't have done. Um, but... Right, I just, I had started living an unprincipled life, right? I was being dishonest with people in my life. Um, I wasn't staying current with a sponsor. Um, I wasn't staying current with sponsees. And what happened to me was it severed my relationship with God, and it was just a matter of time. Like, I had one foot out the door, man. Um, and I remember that day. I, I remember that day. Um, I remember like it was yesterday. Like, I had made up my mind months before. Right? It was just a matter of when it was going to happen. Um, and so, right, I guess the moral of that story is, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? None of us are perfect, man. But, like, part of what it is this time for me is, like, those books, man, once those books are balanced, like, I've had, oh, God, I've had so many clean slates in my life, right? Like, so many do-overs. And, again, could never live up to these expectations I've had of myself. And it's about... Right today, right, it's about kind of right-sizing myself a little bit, right, with God's help and understanding, like, that I'm not perfect. But um, that's exactly what happened to me. Like, I started, I started compiling another force. I, guess I started compiling another force step and wasn't willing to make it right, right? Wasn't willing to go to any length, like I said I was in 2004 at the beginning. Um, right, and I took a drink. And now we're drunk again. And we're right on time. Um... We're going to try to get this, this one is, uh, this one actually lasted longer than the first one. This lasted about 10 years, this drunk, right? So anyway, I went back out and for the first five years, like I wasn't trying to get back in, um, right? I, I was only drinking, maybe popping some pills here and there, um, you know what I mean? And, and um, I met my second wife. On Tinder, and I know you guys think that's hard to believe, but I absolutely met my second wife on Tinder. God bless that poor woman. She's still my wife today. I don't know why. I have given her every reason to not be my wife today, um, honestly. But again, right where I went back to in my life, and this kind of mentality or this thought process that I'm, I'm trying to convey is right. I went back to that. Right, like it was, I, there was, I, I was, there was something missing, man, and alcohol started filling that. And I met this woman, oh God. Um, <laughs> I met this woman, single mom, right, had no intentions of falling in love with her, none, that's whatsoever. Right, knew I was a degenerate drunk, knew that, um, lied to her from Jump Street that I wasn't an alcoholic. Right, so this relationship was just started under false pretense. Like, that's what I did. Like, I took people, I took hostages, man. I didn't date people, I took hostages. Like, if you got anywhere near me, 
I would suck the life out of you. If you had something that I needed or something I wanted, right, I was going to take it. And that's the type of person I, that's the type of person I am when I drink. Um, and I remember, I remember, God, I remember looking at this woman going, what you do it, Justin? Like, cut her loose, let her go, man. Let her go now. Um, and I had this delusion in my mind, like, that this was going to fix me. She had three daughters. Um, they were young at that time. You know, and I, I thought that this was going to fix me. Like, I thought, like, I could just drink. Like, this, no one will ever find out. Like, she won't know. As long as I don't do drugs, I'm going to be good. Um, so, right before the wedding, my sister ratted me out. <laughs> Seriously. Like, I had it, man. It was a good story, man. It was tight. Like, it was tight. Like, if I could get a kill at all the witnesses, like, we would have been good, man. Like, um... But I guess my, my sister felt the need to tell her the truth about my story um, and who I was before we got married. And, like, I think maybe the one honorable thing I've done in this relationship so far is, like, I told her, I said, I would not marry me if I was you. I, I, would, I wouldn't. Like, you're right, it was all a lie. Like, and I would get the hell out of Dodge right now. Cut and run. Um, she's an ally now, so... And she's still with me, so we know, you know, she's pretty sick too, I guess. I mean, you get, I don't think she's sick, I just think her pick was broken, right? She picked me, um, and, and she really didn't have a choice, right? What I, that's what I used to do, right? I mean, I'd get you to fall for me, right? And then at that point, man, like, you were in, like, it was over. Um, and, and then all of a sudden, the true Justin would come out, right? And that's kind of the pattern of my life, right? Like, I, I get you close... You know, keep you fooled a little bit, or at least I thought so, right? Um, for a while, I would at least. Like, you can only, <laughs> you can only, you, I, listen, this is AA, but you can only hide a crackhead for about a year, maybe. Like, that's it. Like, you, I mean, it ain't going to last long. Like, or an alcoholic. Like, that's, that's all you can do. Um, and, uh, you know, so for, for the first five years of that relapse, like, I wasn't even thinking about coming back to AA. I had nothing to do. I didn't want anything to do with it. Um, I thought that if I could just drink, um, you would be, I'd be the person you guys took your hats off to. Like, I really didn't want to come back here. I didn't want to go back to the healing joint. That was for sure. Um, right, but what happened, it was just, it was a progression, right? Like, I don't know, I was in Charlotte playing golf with a friend and someone put some drugs in front of me and that was it. It was gone. Off to the races. And then, um, you know, it was, uh, for the last five years, right, it was stealing from my family, lying to my wife, kids, my employers, um, right, trying to feed a habit that was way bigger than, you know, than anything that I had, right? Like, it wasn't, uh, it had become apparent, it had become, Right, I mean, the last 10 years, I think, probably was, um, I mean, it was tougher than the first six or eight, however long it took me to get here the first time, man. Like, um, you know, I mean, I knew AA worked, uh, but I just, man, I, I was resentful. Um, I didn't want to come back. I'd stop in every now and then near the end, right? I don't know, I'd stay sober for six months. Um, I do have, I think, AKA, Justin, Justin Pace, AKA, the Cookie Monster. Right, like I, 
Dude, there's a few times I showed up at the old There's a Solution in the Annex, man, lit up like the 4th of July, buddy. Right? My ass was on fire. My wife, my wife had drug tested me like I needed to go to AA and I needed to get sober again. You know what I mean? And that's the way it was for the last three years, maybe? I don't know, Jerry, how long was it? Maybe the last, the last two years. I was in and out, you know, six months sober, coming in, disturbing the, the meeting at the Annex. Um, you know, and just burning down everything in my life that had any meaning, right? Like I had this beautiful, beautiful family, you know, stepdaughters, um, beautiful wife, people that loved me, man. And like, um, I think what's different, what's different this time for me was like, it was very apparent to me like that I could not stop, could not stop drinking. Like every day for the last five years, I'd get up and I'd go to drive to work and I swear to God, I wasn't going to stop at the liquor store. And every day, I'd stop at the liquor store. Right? And that's what it was for, for five years every day. With some intervals in between of some sobriety. Like, you know, um, I mean, you guys hear me joke, right? Like, I told my wife, like, I, I told my wife, like, if you'd stop drug testing me, you'd stop catching me. Like, I'm not a bad guy. Like, I go to work every day. I'm supporting the family. Like, just leave me alone. Like, if I go off the rails for a couple days, like, I'll, I'm, I'll be back. Like, I'll come back. Um, like, and this is what I thought. Like, this is, this is my, I was so delusional at that point in my life. Like, this is what I thought a relationship should be. This is what I wanted. Like, I thought that I wanted. Um, and I put these kids and this poor woman and everyone that came in my path, man. Like, I don't know, the dudes in my small group from church. Like, my employer. Like, I just, you know, like, that's it. I, that was the farce, man. I would be up. I'd be, I was in church on Sunday mornings, man, no matter what. Like, it's getting a little hot in here, but like, um, like I'd be sitting right there in the front row, man, and it didn't matter if I'd been up for three days, like I was there. You know what I mean? And um, like, but that, that's, I want you, right? Like, that's what it's all about. It's all about how it looks on the outside. It's not about what's going on on the inside with Justin, right? Like, and that's what I, I want to be sure that I portray to you guys accurately, right? Like, um, I want you to think that I'm more than I am, right? Like, I'm not, I'm just an average, everyday drunk man, you know, um, that lied to his wife, stole from his family, right? He was a shitty son, shitty husband, shitty brother, shitty employer. Oh, jeez, excuse my life. Um, I'm a big Jesus fan, too, by the way, so he'll forgive me. Um, uh, but like, that's it, man, it was all, and it, I'll tell you what, like, it was hard work. It was hard work living like that. Um, you know, for me, uh, I think my watch just told me it was bedtime. Man, I'm getting old, seriously. <laughs> um, yeah, man, it was hard work keeping that up. Like, it got tiring. Um, like going to work every day, trying to keep that up. And, and really what happened was like, I was very, very good in my life at, like right before you were about to f figure me out or fire me, like I'd find another job. Um, and I think this time I had been sober for seven months, man, I was in home group, I was coming, man, I got it, this was it. And um, I was about to get fired from my job at Advance Auto, I think. So I left, I cashed all my chips in, Right, I was done with corporate America, man. They had screwed me at that point in my life. Like, it was still my boss's fault. I had a horrible boss. Um, but 
right? Like what it's about, what Alcoholics Anonymous has given me today, it's like that, that ability to be self-aware. Like it doesn't matter, her part. Like my part was like I was a horrible employee, right? Like I'd show up, man, I was wrecked. Wrecked, dude. Showed up. I mean, I'd show up, I'd be, I'd be driving to work with coffee and like, coffee and Kahlua, man, like wrecked. In, in work, shaking like out of my mind, you know? Um, every 10 minutes to the, to, the, to, the, to the car in the garage to take a smoke break, you know? Smoke break, um, you know? So, like, that's, that's the type of employer I was. So, right, I took a job, I think, I don't know, man. It all blends together, like, the last few times I showed up at There's a Solution, you know what I mean? Um, I do remember, well, I'll get to this next, because I think I, like, there's a little bit more drunk, not too much. Um, I took a job on the road. It was a great, it was a good job, man. I was about to get fired. Like, I, I cashed in all my chips. I sold all my stock. Like, I was, I was good for a little while, but, like, I wanted I had it somewhere in my mind, like, I didn't want to get sober then. Like, it's somewhere in my mind I was going to live this double life. Like, I had, I could, I was, I was, took this job on the road. I was traveling. I had to start off in Utah and work my way back across the country. So in my mind somewhere, like, I thought, this is perfect. Like, I'd be on the road for eight weeks. I could just light it up. Right? This is an easy job. Like, I know how to do this. I'm going to just, I'm going to tear it up. And then, then I'll drive home. And then on the, the, the week or two I'm home, and I'll show up on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. My wife will think I'm sober. She'll be good. Like, as long as I stop, man, like, she won't drug test me. I'll be straight. You know what I mean? Like, it takes me three days to get home. Like, I'll clear out before I get home. And um, that's, like, I, I don't know. Like, that's not funny, right? Like, that's disgusting. Um, like, and so fast forward, right? I took that job, went off the rails. Um... I was on my way home, and this is where I get sober. Right, well, a little bit after this. Um, about two, two, maybe five minutes after this, I get sober. Because uh, we got to tell a story about in the woods when I was living in the woods, right? We got to get back there because I ended up homeless again in sobriety, you know, 10 years later after being homeless once, a little bit, for a few days. <laughs> um, but we're gonna, that's going to be funny. We'll laugh at that one. Um, but anyway, I was down in Florida working. Um, I was on my way home. Um, I had been up drinking for about three days. And uh, I stopped on my way home, and I ended up catching a felony drug charge. Um, I got arrested in Florida. I was supposed to be in North Carolina. I got arrested on a Friday night about 8 o'clock. I was leaving to head to North Carolina. I was going to be there by the morning. Um, my poor wife. So anyway, I ended up in jail. Um, I was able to bail myself out of jail. Um, and that was the first phone call I made to my wife in the morning, and that was the, that was the final straw, right? That's the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Like, that woman had had enough. Um, that was probably the darkest place I'd ever been in my life, and I didn't get sober then, right? Like, so, um, I came home, and, like, I was in a dark, dark spot, and... Where I got sober was the La Quinta Inn in Cary. That's where I got sober, man. That's where it happened. Um, like, that was dark, man. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was a bottle of liquor and a pistol. Like, one was going to give at that point. Like, uh, I probably would have told you 10 months ago that if, as long at that point, if I had had my wife and my family and my job, like, I would be sober. 
Like, I'd stay sober. But without any of that, like, what's the point? Right? And that's where I was, man. I was feeling sorry for myself, you know? Oh, poor me. Um, you know, you've ruined everything again. You never lived, you didn't live up to what you thought you were. You're a piece of crap. And I just kept beating myself down, man, and digging that hole deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, and the executive suite in the Quintin and Carey, room 324. So if you're ever there, go there. That's, a good, that's the executive suite, I call it. Um, but I had come back here, man, like I was bouncing around, like I wasn't at home. I had been thrown out of the big bed. Um, <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Because I'm, I'm getting close to being back in the big bed. We'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, uh, yeah, man, like, it, it was, a, it was uh, and really what it comes down to, like, none of that stuff mattered. That's not why I drank. Like, at this point in my life, I had lost all control, right? Physical allergy, mental obsession. Like, I could not stop drinking, and I knew it. Um, and I knew why. Right? Like, I knew why I couldn't stop drinking, right? Like, I had crossed that line years ago. Like, there was no, there was nothing I could do to stop, right? And I had always thought, like, one day, I really thought one day I'd just wake up and get sober. You know what I mean? Like, oh, one day I'll wake up and stop wanting to party. And, like, I think the last couple weeks, man, that ended. Um, I was in between places to stay. I was staying with a friend. I was thinking about checking back into the healing place, healing transitions at the joint. I was thinking about going back to the joint. Um, my sponsor told me that was a bad idea. I was thinking about going to a halfway house. Um, so in between that time, it was deer season. So I, needed, I didn't have any place to stay. I was in between, like, I think the money, the money had run out. Like, I was sleeping on a friend's couch. I needed to leave. I needed a place to go. But I couldn't get, I had another friend that I, I stayed with for a while. And I had nowhere to go, man. So I went and, I went and, lay, and slept in the woods for four days. Now, I would have told you 10 months ago that I'd slept in the woods because I was deer hunting, like I needed to go find some Jesus. Like, um, I got, I was, in, I was in the woods, man, and um, not a good place to be, right? Left there, I think I had like, I don't know what day, that was a, that, if it was a weekend. I, that was like a, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I think I ended up, before I went to my friend's house, um, Ended up in that room in, in the Quinty Inn, and it was, uh, it was me. Something had to give, right? Like, I was standing, I was, I was standing at the gates of hell. Um, they were open, and they were like, come on. Um, I mean, it, it, and again, it was me. This is what it had come down to, man. Like, it was sad. Like, I had this beautiful family, people that loved me. Like, you guys, like, I mean, you guys have been there for me no matter what. Like, people in this, in this meeting right now. Um, and, uh, like, it was a bottle of liquor, a pistol, and a pile of drugs and something had to give, right? Like, and, and it, it didn't really matter to me at that point. And I don't know if I've ever been there in my life, right? Like, I'm too, I'm too vain to kill myself. Like, I'm too much of a chicken, I'm too much of a, I don't want to be too offensive, but um, I'm too chicken to kill myself. Like, I, that's never going to happen. Um, so, like, it, but it was probably the closest I've ever come, right, to consistently thinking, like, that would be better off than where I am now, and everyone else would be better off. Um, and, you know, at that point, like, I just, I don't know, man. Like, it was my God moment. Like, I walked out of there. I came to there's a solution. 
Um, and that was September 24th, 2022. Right? Um, I sat out with my sponsor. I think one of the things um, we got, it's about 10 minutes, is that right? I can't see. I got glasses, I should put them on. Okay. Um, sat out with my sponsor, started working back through the steps. Um, and one of the questions I think, right, I always had believed in God. And I think one of the, mo the biggest gifts that I've been given from Alcoholics Anonymous is in my relationship with God that I have today. Um, I mean, that is, I think, the single most biggest thing that I've been given. Um, right? I, and again, I mean, um, he asked me, like, do you believe in the power of God? And I, could, the question, I couldn't answer the question. No, I don't think I did. I believe in God. Somewhere along the line, I had stopped believing in the power of God. And, right, from working through the steps again, um, right, like I, I believe in that power again today. You know, that power is real, right? And I think, right, if you're new, right, that's it says it, right? That's exactly what this book is about. Right, is to help us find that power. And right, all those days where when I went to go to work and I couldn't not stop at the liquor store, right? Or all those days I could not stop stealing from my family or lying to my wife. Like, um, right, that power has given me the ability to not do that stuff anymore, right? Like, um, and I don't, I'm not gonna, I had marks on pages, but I'm not gonna be a big book thumper and start reading out of the book. Um, I think, right, what I do today is I ask God's power to keep me clean and sober, right? That's different than what I used to do, right? I used to ask God to help me stay clean and sober, and that's pretty arrogant, right? Um, to think that I even have something to do with it, right, for me. Um, and, you know, what my prayers are today as a result of working the steps, um, I, they're just, it's, I don't know, it's not about me, right? It's not about my job. It's not about what you think about me. It's not about... It's not about the car I drive. It's not about the house that I have, right? Like, that's, man, I'm telling you, if you knew, like, that's the easy stuff in life. Forget all that. Like, um, love and forgiveness and meaningful relationships, right? And, like, I, I, because of Alcoholics Anonymous, have had the ability to start repairing some of those relationships in my life, um, right, that I never thought I would. And what, what I got, I got to a point in my, in my sobriety this time where, like it didn't matter. Like I knew, like I needed to stay sober regardless of whether my wife stayed with me, regardless of whether I had a job, regardless of whether my kids talked to me. Um, you know what I mean? Like I needed to stay sober for me. Um, and right, the miracle of Alcoholics Anonymous is that I, I got in the book with a sponsor, started coming to home group. Right, I'd get there early to help set up. I'd stay late to help clean up. And then, you know what? Like, there was one day where, like, I wasn't holding on for dear life. Like, the first, the first month or so, like, I was holding on for dear life, man, because all I wanted to do, right, was stop the way I felt. Like, imagine, I don't know, I know some of you were there that night. I remember this like it was yesterday. We were sitting in the Mims house. Um, my, so my youngest, my youngest daughter, we're saving a seat for her, but we'll let her determine that. Um, but she got punished. She got caught smoking some weed, so her punishment was to go to four AA meetings with me. <laughs> now, I wasn't. I don't know if I, I. don't think I was sober then. I don't know, man. But like, 
man, I, and I was, I don't know, I remember, I remember Jerry reaching over and kind of like, <laughs> you'll be all right. But like I was sitting, I, my, this is what alcohol did to me. Like I was sitting in an AA meeting, still using with my daughter, right, who's struggling with drugs and alcohol, lying to my wife, like, man, you don't have a chance, bro. Like, you don't have a chance, right? Like, I needed to, and everybody else knew it except me. I was the last one to figure it out, right? Like, that's how, um, that's how my disease worked, right? Like, I was so dishonest. Um, lack of self-awareness, like, like I, everyone else knew it except me, um, right? And, like, today, today I'm free, man. I am free today. Like, I don't, I can go wherever I'm going and I don't worry about the car going to the liquor store. You know? Um, I think I'm going to read one thing out of here. If I can find it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, today I'm free, right? Like, um, I... I have an opportunity to rebuild those relationships in my life. I believe as far as I know today, the books are balanced, right? Like, um, trying to think if there's, I, I mean, as far as I know, they're balanced, right? And, and what I can tell you that I'm sitting up here willing, like if something comes to my mind, right, I will talk to my sponsor about it, you know what I mean? And, and we'll figure out what to do about it, um, you know, but like, I'm gonna pull. Walter, this one's for you. Like the, the great prophet Ronnie Van Zandt says, like, I'm not hiding from nobody. Nobody's hiding from me today. Like, that's an old Leonard Skinner song, if many of y'all know, if you guys don't know. But, yeah. um, but like, today I'm not, man. Like, I answer my phone. Like, I'll even answer those spam calls, right? Like, I will. Like, cause I don't, I mean, like, I'm not, like, I'm not hiding today. Like, the bill collectors aren't after me. People aren't after me. I'm not looking over my shoulder. Um, I am uh, slowly repairing my relationship with my wife. God bless her. Um, you know, I don't know, man. She's got like a ninja sponsor now and on, so I'm assuming at some point she's going to get me to the curb when she figures it out. But, right, what happens today to me is like I get an opportunity to rebuild those relationships with my wife and my kids if I stay sober, right? And today, right, I have conceded to my innermost self. Um, and if you're new, man, like I don't, um, don't want to burst, I don't know if I'm going to burst your bubble or not, but like, this is like one day at a time, like it's every, it's for the rest of your life. Like I tried one day at a time for a while, like, and it look, it, it didn't work after nine years, like every day for the rest of your life, right? Like, and you can do that one day at a time. I don't care if you need to hear that, but like every day for the rest of your life. Um, and for me, like, that's like, go big or go home, man. Like, I don't know, man, I got to do that. Like I had to concede to my inner myself that I was an alcoholic and, um, as of today, and 7.55, right? We're right on there. Oh, I forgot the code to my phone, so I don't even know what time it is anymore. Y'all are... Um, right, like today I did that. Today, Bill asked me to do this. I was a little late, man. I didn't get here to help set up, but... Um, like, I don't know. You know, man, like, what's really important in life today is... Like the people in my life, relationships that I have in these rooms, in this home group, in my family, um, all the other stuff, like, I don't know. 
I can't tell you, like, if you're going to get your wife back, if you're going to get the house back, you're going to get the car back, the job back. I don't know. Like, I haven't got all that stuff back. But I know I'm free today, and that's a result of working the steps in Alcoholics Anonymous. So thank you very much.